2: So Krypton, we were just talking about, it is, it is the culmination of many years of nerddom that could only exist now. I think mm-hmm. all the foundation that sci-fi has built in their decade-plus mm-hmm. of this format and where nerd culture is. When you guys came to this project, you were both already in the nerd zeitgeist. What was it like reading that script for the very first time? Oh, it was so exciting. I, I think, you know,
0: we were sort of saying with the success of shows like the, the Flash and Arrow and stuff like that, we had an opportunity to do something that was kind of different. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really bold. Like, from the beginning, we knew that we were telling a story of an Elseworlds. You know, this is an alternate timeline. That's a super bold idea. There's nothing really been done on TV before, so to be a part of that was, was really exciting.
1: Yeah, and I think because of the evolution of the nerd as you say, I think the, the public are open to prequel. They're open yeah. to new legends, new stories, and from the point of view of Zod and the characters we'll discuss later, they haven't actually met them at this level before, so this is a really exciting time I think mm. to be exploring the dark side. Mm -hmm.
2: uh, You guys are both uh, two sides of of a very similar coin in that your character is a legacy character in who he represents as a house, and your character has been a legacy character like Terrence Stamp has played in Michael Shannon, so you're both known, but in such different ways. Was it intimidating stepping in shoes that had never been stepped in in quite the way or had been stepped in so thoroughly in such different ways? Was, was it interesting approaching these characters because of the legacy they, they bring to, to the table? Mm. I, I think...
0: It's a wonderful thing. Of of Mm. course, there's there's the added pressure there because it's Superman, and Superman is a character who means so much to millions of people, and I've always been a fan. He's meant so much to me personally. So, of course, you don't want to let anyone down, but that's also a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. Superman is a great thing. Um, So it's all about doing justice to that. Mm. And for me, the joy was trying to find the areas where Seg is different. Like, Seg isn't the the finished package. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he has to grow to be a hero. All of season one for him was about trying to understand who he was and what his role was in this world Um, and at the end of that season he finally figures it out sort of at the last minute Um, and he, he's on that journey but he doesn't have to be Superman he sort of just thinks of himself as a guy like the the cool thing about that character was I got to make it my own very often when you're stepping into these roles you're stepping into the shoes of, of uh, a legacy where there have been other actors and, and stuff like that but for me I got the, to see the wonderful work of Christopher Reeve and mm. Henry Cavill and Tom Welling and actors like that and borrow that but also one of my main inspirations for it was harrison ford and indiana jones <laughs> yeah. you know so i really got to create a character that was completely my own as well as play you know as well as a pay tribute to
1: what's come before oh it's beautiful yeah and for myself when i first went up for the job i went up for a guy who was called man with dark hair so <laughs> thankfully i didn't know i was going up for zod because that would have been intimidating <laughs> um then once you got the ethos or the, 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 the core of the character with the way they wrote the scenes for me to learn, you realise the duplicitous and the Machiavellian element of the character they wanted me to play. Then we get to the, the, the actual recording, you realise you are General Zod. And then you go, well, they've written this backstory, this history, this mm-hmm. scenario so clearly. <sighs> and the fact that I know the history, we talk about this, the fact I know what's coming informs everything I'm doing now. So this is all a surprise, this love stuff with my dad and my mum, which was a bit of a surprise. But the, I have a, a core role, which is to stop that annihilation. Mm-hmm. And the debate now between us is how do we do that? You know, And I think we have, we're two sides of the same coin with our love of Krypton. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's lovely to explore this character. I
2: what I love about it, uh, the, the show in general, is, is we were talking before about how it, it balances the villain and the hero in almost equal mm. measure. It's yeah. so important to have the villain work for the hero to work, and mm. I think that's the evolution of where comics are now, like with yeah. Kingpin and Daredevil, and, and these shows where you're very invested in both. Having that foundation before you actually really knew who he was, uh, what were some of the choices you'd decided about him before they gave you like, all, the, all the backstory and work? Like, who is he to you? And then interpreting that for the
1: screen. Well, the universe works in mysterious ways, and one of the things that I did just before embank- embarking on this role was I actually had to do the Paradise Lost for the British Library. So I played the Satan character. So I went off and really studied it, and really, really studied it, and uh, came away and just thought, fantastic, thank you so much. Because <laughs> I saw the Superman figure as an angel. I saw it differently. I saw myself as a fallen angel. So I took that as my um, sort of mind legend. And then you're into an interesting thing because you're talking about pride and hubris. And I was born the day after God, so I'm angry about that. Why the hell do you think, you know, why are you the man and I'm not the man? So you have that that's going on in your character, making, which, which will, will distort your decisions. <laughs> yeah. Just, just so you know that, you know. We'll, if you allow those things to get to that emotion, yeah. you forget things. And this is where having Segel, Leiter, the family... You st- I'm starting to work out what potentially went wrong with me. I don't know if was, I really wanted to know. You know, he was happy in his ignorance, but unfortunately, that I'm not allowed to sort of dwell in that anymore. So he's um, it becomes complex. I love the idea of Zod as a fallen angel. It,
2: it beautifully mirrors all the, 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 the biblical parallels of Superman, mm-hmm. but at an earlier stage. And mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the strengths of the show is it lets you play with mythology without yeah. breaking mythology. You're saying in yeah. Elseworld, we're getting characters in this show I never thought we'd see in the big screen, mm-hmm. much less a serialized screen. Yeah. Every week I get to, like, Lobos here, Brainiacs yeah. here, what is going on? When you first saw these characters fully formed, what was the what was the craziest moment of like, guys? Do you, do you, are you wearing Doomsday's here today? Like, what was that process yeah. like on set?
0: Well, the cool thing is now it's like Doomsday's practical. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, 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 we, we have we have a CGI Doomsday yeah. when he's in action, it's a CGI, but there's a puppet and it's it's amazing. It yeah. breathes, it emotes. It's huge. <laughs> doomsday is real, and that's the most <laughs> incredible thing. I remember seeing that puppet breathe yeah. for the first yeah. time, and it's you know it's a it's an animatronic, mm. but it's Terrifying. It really is terrifying. Yeah. And for us, like, it's something that we're so proud to do. This show was devised as a way into the DC cosmic universe mm-hmm. to introduce more characters like Brainiac and Lobo and Adam Strange and, and characters like that. Um, so for us to be able to debut these characters and, you know, particularly Brainiac, you know, we, we took from the Jeff Johns and Gary Frank run, and that was that was the main inspiration for our Brainiac. And, and to come up with our interpretation of Absolutely. these characters and, and, and do them justice on the screen, that it means everything to us. And you see, Blake. Ritson just,
1: just oh yeah, loving it. And then you see the FX and the makeup department. Yeah, and oh the, gosh, yeah. The commitment from the whole crew. I mean, we're the acting department, and we take that very seriously. We behave and we train and we work and we get to set quick. We just our disciplined group because we're working with some of the best in the business. So we all have to put our heart and soul into oh, yeah. it. And then you see Doomsday, mm. and you s- I, there's a scene where I, I have a scene with him without going into too much detail, I ask him a question, which is quite a moving question, and you see his chest move. And it really moved me, actually. I mm. was like... <clears throat> mm. That's the level we're at, and that's the stuff I'm interested in. As bigger than mm. that. What's the thing that moves you about? Because there is no... It's like Frankenstein, it's Mary Shelley, it's so many literal things, you know. It's, there is no monster... It was just a creature. It was the way in which he was treated that made him a monster. Mm. That's the whole point of science fiction for me. And as, as the mother of it, I, I don't, think the, we're alluding to that.
0: The, yeah. the wonderful thing about all of it and all of these characters is that we don't really think of it as heroes and villains. Yeah. They're all incredibly motivated to do the things that they do. And one of the things I loved about Zod in mm. season one mm. was how much Seg respected him mm-hmm. and how much Seg was, was constantly on the back foot and he was constantly in crisis as a character. He really had no agency or choice over being a hero he kind of just had to be there and all of a sudden he, he meets this man mm. who is strong and brave and has a plan and knows exactly what he's doing and tells him the truth Adam Strange lied Adam Strange didn't tell him that Krypton mm. was going to be destroyed and all of a sudden there's someone here said yes your grandson was my enemy I never took pleasure in that all I've ever wanted to do was save this planet and it's true he's not lying um, and, and so Seg goes into season yeah. 2 knowing that there is a good man in there and that maybe their ideal there are there are parts of it that can meet up there can be a middle ground um and all of those scenes that we have together are so wonderfully loaded not only because seg like superman is constantly trying to save everyone even Mm -hmm. his enemies but also because it's his son you know and he believes truly that there is good in him
2: one of the things that's so hard about Superman for me as a character is, is humanizing him. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the the strengths of the character when he's written well is you're seeing the humanity in something so removed from humanity. Yeah. I never thought we'd see the humanity of Superman by way of Segel and Zod. Yeah. And I think that's the the strength of the show amongst many. But when, as comic book fans, you heard about the the concept of this show, yeah. how did that alter your perspective of Superman now that you're part of the thing that makes him human to us?
0: Yeah. I mean it, – it, it's an honour. You know, yeah. this, is, this is something that's absolutely massive. You know, it's Superman. He's, he's one of the greatest icons in all of fiction. And as I said before, some, someone who means a great deal to so many people. And, and there are so many fantastic storytellers and artists who've worked within this legacy. So for us to, to be here now and doing our best to leave it better than we found it, it's a real honour. I look forward to darkening
1: him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realise that I have a position in, in the future coming... We can do things. So, if this insufferable being does appear, <laughs> you know, but it, it's just really interesting. We can really no, he's you no know, insufferable at all. But there's there's elements of that humanity you talk about that where I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. So, what's the best thing I can do? Well, I would just let him know that I don't need because I respect the humanity and the goodness and the justness of your character of yeah. that line. Now, I it, and it sort of changes. The DNA a bit, right? Literally, mm. it's changed my DNA. Mm. So therefore, I'm part of his family now. So it's like, okay, maybe I'll just toughen him up a bit. Yeah, yeah. The, Take there, those glasses off. Of
2: there is that that wonderful.
1: <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> That's the reveal moment.
0: Here. Yeah. And I'm a completely different yeah. person. I this? I wasn't no, talking was about that. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: back, everyone. Sorry, okay. I was confused for a
0: moment. Um, no, I wouldn't th- tell you, Father. I mean, it's <laughs> it, there is there is that wonderful thing of they're they're constantly trying to get the other to see their side. Mm-hmm. That if there's one person that Zod could convert, it would be Seg if he could choose. Mm-hmm. And if there's one person that Seg could save, yeah. he would want it to be Zod. You know, that, that and that's such a wonderful loaded relationship. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So, with you both being comic book fans, uh, and and actually for you specifically, you've been in the world of this for for a while. You punch your War Zone, you work on Arrow, and you've seen this growth from mm. from the inside. What's it like to see? Uh, i mean a shazam movie in real life like to see a two billion dollar avengers endgame but having been there when punisher warzone was you know a ten million dollar budget like this this growth in the in the culture how's that been from the inside
1: well i think doing predator alien predator seeing the alien and seeing the 21 puppeteers with the mother alien and you see the sort of the the machinations of the practical puppet world and then you realize the special effects that have and the technology that has improved over the last 20 years, where mm. we can be doing this now within the TV world, it's yeah. really heartening because what I saw was a thread of commitment to this, to this literature, to this genre, that was never, ever, um, never, ever weakened, really. Mm-hmm. And Paul Anderson, for example, when we did Resident Evil, he didn't CGI, he trained all the zombies to walk. They had a choreographer come in, so you really had that sort of um, connection with, mm. with them. Um, and there were certain people within my management team and agents at that time, like, w- why on earth would you want to get involved in that stuff? And I'm like, well, I see it as the, 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 produ- you know, the pr- progress. This is the progression of literature. Mm. And they were like, you're mad. And mm. then people would say... You know, these young people are playing computer games and why da 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 da, and it's just a waste of time. And I'm saying, How many people does it take? They should be reading books. And I said, Well, how many computer games did you play? And these guys all backed off. And I said, OK. So how m- and um, how many people does it take to write a book? You know, you have a writer, an editor, and a little team. This is a collaborative effort of yeah, everybody think, putting yeah, yeah. something in. So, how can you be so negative about this art form? It <laughs> would shut them up
2: it's always baffled me because comics are literally literature plus art
1: yeah, and course. those are two things yeah. that separately
2: were like that's so adult Do- and yeah, mature yeah. and then as soon as you put them together they like man, kid stuff oh, and yeah. it's fascinating to see like we're taking these shows so seriously this, yeah. is, this is a Shakespearean effort this is a, yeah. a profound yeah. drama and, yeah. and I think that that's a testament to where we are as a society we were talking before like we used to hide our Spider-Man shirts oh, we, totally. we used yeah, to yeah, like yeah. pretend we weren't as nerdy as we were yeah, yeah. and now it is the biggest industry in the world yeah. as a fan now as part of it like going from comic-con as a fan to comic-con as as a piece of it what's that like for you it's a joy like because the thing is you know i i used to get bullied for
0: it and it was Mm. the kind of thing that i used to you know it's not cool to like comic books and now whenever i go to comic-con there are hundreds of people who care what i think about comic (laughs) books and that's one of the reasons why i love going is i actually genuinely get to share my love of this thing and that's why i think comic comic-con is such a special place Mm. and a special time is that yeah, it's superheroes and, and pop culture and all that sort of stuff. But for a lot of people, this is something that they feel that they have to hide, that they love this thing. And, and for one weekend in San Diego, everyone gets together <laughs> mm. and they meet like-minded people and they celebrate this thing that they love. And it's something that brings people together and makes people feel
1: less oh, alone. Absolutely. And that's immensely important. Yeah. It's been nourishing people for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. These stories are nourishing. We, we are looking at... The archetypes of our society, you know, if we were talking about Greek myth, nobody would look at it in any sort of negative sense. Yeah. But we've discussed, we discuss the, Aeneis, the Aeneid, we yeah, discuss about the Odyssey. We, we talk yeah. about that stuff on set. That's underpinning mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff. And I feel in the world we're in now, I think it's so mad, but the bottom line is, and I think Comic-Con ex- totally explores it, but we stand alone together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. We have to be down these channels. But we have that common commonality and universality, which is extraordinary. And then I see who was looking at these games, and I see how diverse the cast can be in this world of science fiction and fantasy, mm-hmm. where I don't see that. In, with respect to the history and to the costume dramas of the, <laughs> that, isn't the world? I, this is my world. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, yeah. universe. You know, and Jeff John and all the people, and all the greats, because this is this is yeah. a great genre. This is, this is modern mythology and it truly belongs to everyone.
0: That is the, the strength of the genre of comic books to me is that comic books are all about reinvention mm-hmm. and, and finding a new interpretation yeah. and, and giving especially young storytellers and new storytellers mm-hmm. A chance with these fantastic characters who've been around for a long time.
2: I, I totally. I mean, it's it, it's young. It's it's a hero's journey. It's all these great archetypes, but it's it's translatable. So yeah. you walk down the street and you see a Superman brand, you instantly are like, oh, "That's one of my people." You, mm. you feel this mm. kinship, this culture, mm. and I think that Comic Con is is this rare hub. How many other cultures have a place where everyone gathers once a year? How many yeah. other? And yeah. I think that the, particularly the show. It modernizes it while looking to the past, and that's such a hard balance to walk. Uh, when you found out the the extent of it being a prequel and the concern about prequels, mm. were, were you concerned as actors with the fan reaction to doing something about Superman without Superman? I think – it- Look, I
0: was—I'm I, a fan too, and I saw the announcement. I was thinking, really, you know? It, and Superman's grandfather—that'll that, never fly. But then I saw what they wanted to. Ah, I saw—I saw what they wanted to do with it, and it's—it's it's that thing of we're taking a real risk here. This—this mm, yeah. this show is not what people expect it to be, and that's what we wanted to deliver. Absolutely. And—and and I think you—you you always want to give people a shot, and I think that there there is. There is some healthy cynicism in, 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 in this industry and, 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 and in fandom, but give storytellers a shot because I think, by and large, mm. they want to take those risks, especially with these characters that are so beloved because you know, mm. reinvention is, is the key to these stories. And, and like the New 52, for example, in, in DC Comics, not all of it worked, mm-hmm. but The Court of Owls was an absolutely spectacular oh, story. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of the stuff that Grant Morrison did in his Action Comics run was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, and, there are, and there are little bits of, and even if, even if it doesn't work out, at least you get to see that it. it doesn't work out. And so for us, we took a big swing, and, yep. and, and thankfully for us, it's paid off, and, and people are coming with us on this journey, which we are immensely thankful for. Yeah, very for. grateful. Um, because at the end of the day, it's all about the fans, but you've got to be willing to take that risk, and and for the fans, hopefully they're, they're willing to let us take a shot, and they I mean, have.
2: It has, yeah, it's going it's going well, I mean, and, and, it, and yeah. it shows, and, and the, the relationship with the fans is there. We were talking before about how uh, like the CW actors are some of the kindest people. To the Wonderful. Fans. Every, every actor I've met that's a superhero stays a superhero yeah. for the fans, and I, and I really appreciate that yeah. because it's so important that kids yeah. keep their heroes. What would your, as people in the comic space, uh, like Gateway Drug comic be? I know we were talking yeah. about Tim Drake. Robin, Like, what would sure. you recommend people get into if they aren't in the world of comics?
0: You know, it, it, it depends. And we, we were saying before, comics, there's so much continuity. There's yeah. so much story, and it can be a little intimidating. Sure. Uh, the first thing I, I, would, I would recommend is, is find those characters that you like, whether it's, it's Batman or Superman or... Uh, Green Lantern, whatever it is, and go down to your local comic book shop. Because by and large, I think that, that nerd fandom is really welcoming. Mm. It's yeah. a really welcoming community. And start conversations, and don't be afraid to ask questions. And, and maybe you're really into a Justice League story or a really big superhero fiction, in which case I'd recommend something like Batman Hush. But maybe you're, something, you're into something that's much more grounded, in which case I'd say year one. There is a comic book out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that. Um, but for me uh the gateway was the animated series you know i I was a child of the 90s i grew up with the bruce tim andrea romano animated series and and you know superman and batman so i had a cursory knowledge of who they were but the comic that really made me a comic fan was jeff john's teen titan run
2: oh yeah because
0: that was the thing that made me realize how connected this universe is and and how uh how much it depends on the emotional relationships between these characters and to see people like tim drake being like i don't know if i want to be batman but also i don't know if i'm as cool as nightwing and and, and to see what they think about each other and how they feel about each other and, and them trying to find their place in this world, that was the thing that opened up the whole DC universe for me.
2: Hmm. Did you uh, happen to read the Tom King's Heroes in Crisis? Uh, it's oh, ongoing. Yeah. The, the arcs yeah. were talking about, like the blips of the robins, talking about the other yeah, robins. Yeah, and yeah. they're all sort of insecure. Reflecting in the other it's, robins. It's
0: be- that was a, an amazing, I think Tom King writes some of the best dialogue in, in comics yeah. for sure, but that, that story, as someone who has mental health um, you know, struggles every now and again, that was um, a really, really important Important story, and I think it was a fantastic story.
2: It's, I think it's one of the most important comics on the shelves right now, and uh, I think DC, like Doomsday Clock, mm. the, the Heroes in Crisis, uh, Tom King doing Phantasm, bringing oh, Phantasm my in, like, oh yeah, Lord God, right. that so cool, the world, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, also he's he's writing new guys now with
0: Ava DuVernay, like, like oh my goodness, that's a, a so theatrical, cool,
2: like experience. I like, can't
0: wait to see that.
2: It went from my, I literally look forward to that, to my like number three most anticipated movie that's been announced. Like, oh yeah, you know, just oh, the yeah. entire mm. swath of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What first brought you into the world of comics? So what was, what was your first well, dabbling?
1: A bit like um, Cameron, it was, it, it's films. It was always film. It was always the TV series, the Batman series, the, the, the Dutch, the way you were always in the villain's terrain. Mm. It was on a Dutch. Uh, but really, I was out there being, trying to be a superhero most <laughs> of the time. Like, yeah. That was my thing. I just sort of, whenever it got heavy, I just imagined I, I was that guy. So the Dark Knight, Batman's always been somebody special to me, I mm. think. And then seeing the success of the Black Panther movies now, and that you just see this this burgeoning, the what success of the Wonder Woman movie, the success, and how my sons will play characters, female characters, without a thought. Yeah. And that is progress. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I, I think this genre allows for progress to be not heavy handed it, it's this beautiful genre of like acceptance it. and that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. comics to me is like hey look we're all equal let's just be equal yeah, exactly. and comics do that for us yeah. this show does that Correct. I love that you guys have built a world where Zod is as important as the grandfather of Kal-El mm-hmm. and I love that we get to live in a world where this, this show exists absolutely. and Deadly Class and sci-fi and what they're building so thank you so much for being a part of this this very important show and this, this impossibly important universe uh, thank you guys so much for joining me today very kind of yeah. you thank for you for having you. us absolutely yeah. thanks guys does anybody want breakfast Duncan is here to keep you running with a much-needed taste of normal. To work, home, or work from home with the coffee you like just the way you like it. Whether that's a small hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin'.